Hi, and welcome to the Mountain Collective Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by and uh, accepting my invite. You're welcome. I'm uh, super excited about this episode, as uh, we know each other quite well. Uh, we're going to come back to that for, in a bit, but um, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, the, dealing with, with, with the current situation and uh, like everyone else, and I'm, I'm, I'm going well. Yeah, thanks for asking. All good. So um, we know each other from uh, Brussels Fashion Week. We, um, uh, we got invited to talk and um, since then we've been talking. Can you take us a little bit back in your journey, how you become actually uh, the director of education at uh, fashion, uh, Brussels Fashion Week and um, basically what uh, brought you to today? Well, uh, actually I started off quite young. I'm, 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 I don't think you, we need, we need my, my first fascination for, 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 for patterns and for pattern cutting in fashion started when I was, about seven years old because my mother was a seamstress and i picked up on 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 all the information that i could possibly get uh was quite complicated uh, yeah everyone that has is driven by a certain amount of talent has had has some uh, uh, some setbacks and it was quite complicated being the only son living in Suriname and wanted to be in fashion um but i ended up studying civil engineering uh, and always in the back of my head that if I get a chance, I'm going to Holland or the United States to study fashion. Um, in, in, in 1999, I got the possibility to come to Holland, studied at HKU, uh, University of the Arts in Utrecht, as uh, in fashion, where after six months, I was the assistant teacher because my pattern cutting skills were quite good. Um, that I developed further because I, I realized that I never really wanted to be a designer. I needed to develop my technical skills further. Um, and I had a chance to, uh, in, in, in several locations. First of all, I started to work as a freelancer. Um, but my, my first job after 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 art school was uh, working at Marcel Wanders on a sofa project as a fashion designer. And of course, I had the strength of some civil engineering knowledge in the back of my head. So it was quite easy to do that. I've been freelancing actually since art school. My first project during art school was a project for uh, costumes for L'Oreal. I uh, did a costume, uh, my internship was a costume design uh, uh, project for interpretations, a dance company in 2003. And during my graduation, simultaneously with my graduation, I designed costumes for the toppers in concert, not for the dancers, not for the, for the singers, but for five choreographies. Um, that I developed with two other designers. Uh, my love for education actually was always there, but with the drive of, 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 of wanting to design and wanting to be a fashion designer, you always aim for that. You aim for making collections, you want to make collections, and, 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 and that's what I tried. But 
being in touch with interns um, really proved again that I actually am actually a fashion educator. So in 2011, I started teaching at the university, at the college, uh, um, at the at OSE of Amsterdam in Hilversum at the uh, fashion department. And there the love really grew. And I, I, I realized that as um, the, the, the education system is not uh, really, let's say, not, I don't know if they're not capable, but the logistics of the, the, the general education system, especially for, for, for fashion people in, in, in try to, to give the students the best um, and some of them really excel. But uh, the innovative part is, is you should, if as a teacher in, in, in education, you should always be a few steps ahead of your pupils. And, 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 but, all, but also have the mindset of, I am a few generations further. They should also teach me something. And, and, and that state of mind actually works quite well for in, in education, especially if you want to teach someone something. You're not in charge of telling them that you know it and you're in charge of the knowledge. Uh, we're together, we create the knowledge for each other. So that's 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 how I always approach education. It's it's my craft. Pattern cutting is my craft. I see it as, as the thing that's that's uh, that I'm that I'm doing and that I'm good at, and I love education. So uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a good combination with young people that are also very inspiring and and, and, and also very uh, and the new and and, and 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 fresh and have a fresh state of mind and, and, and have fresh new ideas that constantly challenge your technical skills to get them to where they want they brought what where they want a product to look like. So um, after three years at, at, at in Hilversum, I my contract wasn't extended. I was called. My manager told me, "Yeah, Gary, we can't keep you because you're not a teaching farmer." I'm like, uh, "What's a teaching farmer look like?" I work with individuals. They're not numbers. They're not cows. They're not. I'm not farming people. I'm stimulating the maximum out of their creativity and their technical abilities, the things that they need the most to execute their creative ideas. Um, I've been laughed at at several occasions in the school because some innovative things that I really were looking forward to, to have my students introduced to it. People thought we're crazy and now everyone needs it. But that's, you know, that's, that's the, the story of my life. Uh, after I, I, when I stopped working there, I tried again with a collection. Uh, not that it failed, but you uh, creative people meet strange people so uh, uh, met and it's never to blame to the people they always take their own responsibility for the things that you fail in so um, I build up my CV by working on several projects uh, um, um, and mainly focusing on really technical things I always dove into things that are concerned around that are around pattern cutting because I don't know people might hate me for this but uh, I think it's my my point of view and it's, it's, it's debatable that if you your creative idea 
isn't worth anything if you don't have the executing skills. You shouldn't have all the executing skills possibly, but you should know what you're talking about because you need specialists. You need to guide the specialists that are the pattern cutters to where you want to be or else you're bothering someone else with your problems. And that's the issue with, with, with a lot of creativity. Um, people have an idea, a lot of, now these days, everyone starts a brand, a fashion brand, with no knowledge of, 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 of how fashion really works. Um, no knowledge of how a pattern works, no knowledge of how production works, no knowledge of what materials are, and most of all, no knowledge of what fashion really needs these days. Fashion so, is not just about... So what do you think that uh, the, the reason that lies right behind this uh, challenge? The challenge of... What challenge do you mean, sorry? Of, um, you know, starting up... Um a new brand or a, um, a new, you know, company and uh, not knowing, you know, the background because I feel that most of the people are, you know, getting in touch with the internet and uh, they read a few articles here and there and they were like, oh, so, oh, so I get it now, I know how to do it. But uh, what you're saying is the, the fundamentals are still missing in uh, most of the parts. Oh, I, I think a, a lot of people... Um... Uh, these days you have some examples of Dutch brands for instance where people always say yeah we, we started a fashion brand but we don't have any experience that cannot be possible if you don't have the experience or the knowledge about it you're hiring people with experience and the knowledge because if you don't have any experience or you don't have any training uh, you cannot do it you cannot you have you need people you can have the marketing skills and the commercial skills for it But the real execution about how a tech pack works or, or, or how to model something or how a print or the quality of a print is, you need experienced people, people who know how, the, how a product is developed and made. Uh, from a technical point of view, you need these people in your company. So if people say, yeah, I don't have any experience, I'm not trained as a fashion designer, but I started a brand, yeah, everyone can do that. But on top of that, you need people who are trained and who have the knowledge to execute your brand. So actually, it's not the whole truth. The truth is, I had a great idea. I hired some people with, some, with experience who helped me build my brand. And now I have a fashion brand. That's the honest truth to say. I always also worked in, in situations like that with two, three brands or even more. People have the crazy idea that we're going to start a fashion brand and because they see football players start a brand and celebrities start a fashion brand and I think that these people are sitting behind the sewing machine and doing all of this themselves. On so, I mean, that, yeah, sorry. I mean, for like to, just to, to ask a question in between, because I have the feeling that uh, if you want to hire people, you obviously need some uh, budget and, uh, you know, like if a footballer, will uh, start a small brand uh, probably they have like a lot of budget to hire other people yeah. so my question would be for you know for upcomers for new ones that you know they don't they have they are limited in budget they are limited in uh, resources but they still have that drive and you know the passion to to do their thing i think that you know that candle shouldn't be you know just like that um 
you know it has to go forward into in terms of um you know making their dream happen what do you say to the people that don't have budget and uh, but still they have the drive and the love for uh, for 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 uh, for textile and fashion in general i would say collaborate and be transparent um uh, i always say that the, 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 if you want uh, if the idea and the thought is authentic and you find someone you need you should always team up with people you can trust and collaborate collaborate and be transparent about what you really want because usually people have a big idea with well marinated deep fried air and that's not a problem because you can you can turn it into something but transparency and collaboration are what every collaboration needs transparency are the most important things and you will find you will always team up with people to build something strong because you have to yeah we don't need more uh, as we say in Dutch, you need a strong, uh, a lot of brands show up and small brands are doing really well now. But you need a good collaboration, you need to be transparent and you need to say what you want and take small steps. Yeah, I mean, really that's, that's, um, small steps. Yeah, that's a great uh, advice because um, also another thing that I'm uh, looking uh, at around is the fact that people are trying to go a little bit faster than um, than the the time it actually really takes to to uh, lift up from the ground and uh, and uh, go to somewhere where it's actually reasonable for people to to you know do their passion their love but also to maintain their lives as uh, you know to everyone has to pay you know their rent and everything so i mean that's the basic of everything so so that's um how do you how do you what do you think about that um you know there's there's always some tricks i'm I'm gonna start from another angle and i'm gonna gonna get to your answer um we fashion is polluter the textile industry is number two polluter uh, in the world um, the reason why it's number two, the number two polluter, is because we want too much. We need uh, we need to wear the hardest outfit, and and and, and we don't want to pay anything for it. So we want always. It's also the mentality of people who want usually want to start new brands. They want the best for nothing, and it's also the idea with garments. You go to the H&M or you go to, I don't want to name any brands, you go to the cheapest brands and you buy something to look great. My, the, the idea is that if you want something sustainable, you should create sustainable relationships. People fly over things, want to go really quick. And in, in the end, it's like the story with this drug dealers who buy rent expensive cars to impress young boys with expensive cars and heaps of money and these young guys end up in prison because they're going to do the dealer's job it's actually the same flying route as as, as, as in fashion you cannot achieve li- my, 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 my motto is a diamond doesn't come become a diamond in a night 
it needs a lot of high pressure and of course I'm not telling you to go live in the earth and don't eat and, and, and but with small steps with, with, with start with two t-shirts and not a whole collection start with a clear vision for instance this time this time needs innovative ways of thinking and this is this, 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 not only because of COVID, but also because of everything that is being developed in the in the in, in the in, in in possibilities to create your collections like you have several kind of programs where you can visualize things quite easy you but you need to know that the tradition is also nothing comes from nothing things don't come from nothing things come from a tradition from from craftsmanship from from everything has a base and these bases you should you don't have to um, uh, 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 know how to do it but you should know that they're there and you should value them you should value the 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 way you should value the way a product is made or else you don't value the, your product you don't value the people that help you get through the product and then you don't you get an unethical product that's that's we had enough of this it's we constantly are constantly confronted with the fact that people have the most amazing clothes without any addicts like kind of literally with blood on their body so it's the 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 the, the flying route from people should change the, the way they enter the the market or the way they enter the the, the the approach their ideas should change it should be making you money but it should also be honest and it's a hard thing to do because we are trained differently we are trained with people who are becoming billionaires overnight but i don't think it's possible because if you become a billionaire overnight you stole the money from someone uh, and it's not it's not reachable for for everyone it, you should you have small steps start with two products try as much as possible to create an ethical product and try to have the possibility that if you have a product that you don't have to worry that people that make your product cannot feed their children for instance someone in china or in shanghai or, or uh, um where was it uh, in vietnam makes a hundred dollars a month for certain factories and needs four hundred dollars to live so you're buying clothes to keep people poor it's this world and this time and time we live in in the small uh the world became smaller so we need a more ethical product you need an honest product that's honest not only on your body mm-hmm. but also to others so yeah so being I, I totally agree with that so being transparent is a key element yeah. but also you know the sustainable way of things because you've been talking about the innovative parts of things so let's so those were the challenges let's talk a little bit about the yeah. solutions like how um because i know a little bit um about you but for the audience that don't know uh gary uh, is also like on the innovative side of things so he's also you know trying to find solutions in the technology um and um there are a lot of technologies that accelerate the um, the workflow uh, obviously after having the foundation as we've been talking for, for for a bit now but from there we can accelerate the the, the movement upwards uh, using technologies using new uh, innovative things that help 
to f- uh, move uh, fa- a little bit faster than uh, than um, than being with the traditional way of things. So, could you talk with us a little bit about um, what are those kind of you know solutions that can help us to accelerate the the um, the production of things? I think that. Um We have we have some programs now, and there's one program that I'm gonna mention. This is Clo3 D that cuts in in, in in sampling, for instance, that cuts 60% of the sampling. If you work with Clo3 D, the prob the, not the problem, but the challenge that you have with Clo3 D is, is that you cannot work in Clo3 D if you don't uh, if you don't uh, have, um, master the pattern cutting, the manual pattern cutting skills. So I'm, I'm working on an educational program now. Actually, it's, I'm quite far with it. What Start is it called? School with I, will, um, I will link that below. Uh, the, the pattern cutting school. Yes. It is a pattern cutting school that, um, where I want to do hybrid pattern cutting. I mean, train people to know how to manually cut a pattern, but also know how to digitally work on it simultaneously for people who only want to manual pattern cut it wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem but i'm mainly focusing on pattern cutting i'm not a designer i, I don't want to train designers except if the designer wants to come in and say okay i have a collection and i need to technically execute it i can train you in that but i'm not training on designers because if you the creativity you cannot teach people creativity you can guide them with it but you cannot teach it to them the idea is that we're going to do a hybrid of manual pattern cutting and digital pattern cutting so you will be trained in two fields together with some economics some trend things that innovative trends that you know that work that matter in the world now like, like how sustainable the world is how ethical problems how we solve of ethical problem it shouldn't be the majority but a small percentage of people should be aware of the, the economics that I really missed when I was in art school the economic part how to calculate something what can my product cost what does my do my skills cost what am I worth as a, as, as, as a, as a pattern cutter it's, it's, it's the people the pattern cutting has became in the past few years became something for people in China to do and it's a, it's a very great craft to 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 master it's, it's it's nice it's nice if you can know how to make something with your hands but also know how it works in the world now like you know how you can turn this transform this into a close 3d model and turn that into your catwalk show if you don't want a, a visible uh, 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 feasible catwalk show I mean a real catwalk show you can all the possibilities are there but you need to respect the craft first to get the craft and then uh, go to the digital side it's something I'm really looking forward to and it's also how we met Mr. Murat and and, and how we got <laughs> to, uh, how we got to Brussels Fashion Week so all of that accumulated brought me was approached by Brussels Fashion Week because they needed the online program with an educational point of view and they asked me if I wanted to coordinate that and I and be in charge of it and find the speakers and and, and bring them together they programmed it and we did for the first time uh, with the hiccups here and there and uh, with a lot of help from Murat who helped set up the digital part so people could be aired and, and, and work in blue jeans 
uh, which was uh, really nice. So that's how I ended up at, at Brussels Fashion Week. Yeah, I always uh, try to help people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's uh, one of my skills. No, I mean, it's, um, I, I like the, the quote that you said, um, creativity can be teached but uh, guided. I think that's, um, that's an interesting part. The only thing is uh, that I'm, me, myself, as I'm, you know, I have nothing to do with fashion at all, but I'm trying to help again in fashion industry and see uh, what we can, you know, what we can do in those, uh, in, yeah, in those places. As you mentioned before, it's the second most polluting industry after probably oil, I think. So yeah. I, I was talking like I had another episode with a uh, with a different um, guy from Viking uh, Studio and um, it's a uh, he's a really interesting guy like into you know like into solutions and uh, innovative solutions. His name is uh, Stefan Klempe and 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 he was even talking about you know Clo is uh, is a you know the software itself is a um, is a really interesting you know platform to to work on and uh, and digitalize uh the craft um yeah. but there are nuances that are a little bit more advanced um but i mean coming back to you coming back to the base which is um the fundamentals which again it doesn't it doesn't matter like what software do you use but what mo mostly matters is uh how you use it and how do you had, either you can accelerate or decelerate because deaccelerate because you can go both both sides um, you can also lose yourself in the technology and forget about the, the fundamentals do uh, you know what I think I think that we're going to a time time where technology and, and robotics uh, artificial intelligence are becoming more and more important and if these things in the end artificial intelligence is a human teaching a robot what to do and if you you should mask if you want to teach a robot what to do it's just like teaching in general you should always be ahead so your craft should be ahead you should know how for instance a press button is placed on the most perfect way so it doesn't look nasty but you should also know how to cut seams from the front and the back so you teach these things to a robot because in the end what we're going for i think i think and i have a strong feeling that we're going for a, 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 a world and an industry where ruled and driven by sustainable the need for sustainability we will have to shorten ways so we will i think first we're, what we see happening again already is the big need for young people to know the craft of pattern cutting there's a huge group of young people that want to know that but they are supported by this new technology they grew up in a different generation so the, the, the idea is that no matter what technology you get the base is your personal personal manual knowledge that's valuable to a robot in the future so i have a this. question then i have like a probably like also question for other people that might uh, relate to this so how can we make the, the how can we combine these two um aspects in a harmonically way in a, in a harmony so how do we combine the fundamentals uh, yeah. of t teaching fundamentals in a fast uh, track 
you know, on top of that, it's not my specialty. I might, I think we should leave this answer to a specialist, but I have okay. some ideas about it. I, I have some ideas. I know what my specialty, specialty is, but I have some ideas about it. I think um, um, in, when I went to school, I had to do embroidery. I know how to put on a button. I know how to take apart a part of shirt. I know how to put it back together. I can know how to fix. I know how to fix the hem. All men from my country, from my generation, know how to do it. Men and women. I think if that's where the appreciation for your the, the things you dress yourself in, your garments, you, you wear. I mean, there's no one on this earth that doesn't use textiles. Even if you're a nudist, you know, use textiles. It's one of the most used products. So. I think that the fundamentals of using textiles is um, that's the best thing you should teach people how to make and do the fundamentals. They should know how the fundamentals work from 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 cross stitching to making buttonholes to to to, to finishing up a hand all of that is, is, is important for people to know so they have the skill and know how to teach it to a robot in the future all right um that's interesting uh, i think um so basically uh, the fundamentals are um so how long does does um let's say uh, a, a traditional course uh, would take for um to, for a student to get the fundamentals like right? Depending on the, the previous uh, the previous skills. For instance, I, uh, I, I, I grew up and I grew up and it also depends on the person's interest. I'm starting at a course of a year. I'm developing, developing that now also by doing small trainings for people who miss the skills in, in, in their education. And I'm training a few students who are studying at art schools and developing collections. And if you, by doing that, I, 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 I see how I research how it, the best way is to teach people that there's a big range because, for instance, fashion is cut in menswear and women's wear and both pattern cutting skills. Menswear is way more complicated than women's wear. So it depends on the student. I mean, you can come in and, and, and do a basic shirt, a, 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 a blouse, a skirt and, and a dress in a year and know all the variations because of the possibility of digital ways, digital means. We have digital means. So you can push more information into someone faster. That's also the possibility that digital digital means give us. All right. Uh, so how? Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting answer. So how? Because um, now that we have the lockdown situation with COVID, obviously we, you know, we want to talk about it, even though it's a, it's a pity topic. But because um, I see that, for instance, some schools are getting into you know Zoom meetings and um, you know teaching from distance. Does that work uh, for the? Uh, probably it works for now for the short term. Does it work actually? Do you think it's gonna work for the long term um, um, relationship with the students? I I don't think so. The students also miss the physical contact. That's why I'm 
going to start small groups. I always wanted small groups so everyone gets their, their attention they need. I'm working on working with small groups and I hope this doesn't last for too long but for now you can uh, manage it with enough space and it also needs some research on how education will go from here. There are some great ideas developed already on the the, the, the pattern cutting school for the future. There's, there's some ideas on how uh, how that works. I can, I can send you some ideas that I have that the architects are working on already or have been working on for some time because we knew already that the way things were going pre pre-COVID that we, we, you cannot travel 20 times a year to go on the most amazing holiday locations and something needed to change that mindset a lot and also it changed we were, we were working with a lot of people in fashion were very aware especially the people who are entering and the new brands that are entering were very aware that fashion is, a, is polluting and people are working on that for a long time already so COVID gave all of these things, gave them a, gave them proof that the, 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 the direction has to change. So there are some ideas in place already to look to that are already ready for the future. Some innovative and visionary ideas are there already. Now it's time to embrace them, not to adopt them, but to embrace them and to let them really work let them do the job these ideas do the job that they're supposed to do so we can give people the chance to execute execute them and 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 and, and also in education i mean education is one of the most if you want to solve something in in, in the society or in a way of thinking for people it's always done through education everyone if, if you go to school or not you're being educated in one way or the other so that also goes for fashion because the majority of my craft I've been taught but not by going to art school but I've been taught by tailors all over the world actually the moment I see a tailoring shop I've entered I said, you know, asking and I was nine years old and there was this tailor around the corner and I always went to him and bother him, bother him, and he told me small, taught me small tricks. And yeah, you always try to evolve it, improve it, make it better, make it better, make it better. So that's what, and I, and I actually, it's, you know, uh, I, I don't live with this mindset of, 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 of have to. Of course, I want to teach people my craft, my thing, but not in my way because they're they're authentic beings on their own. They have their way of thinking. I have the guidance because of my experience and I can bring them into direction. We can find solutions together. That's the great thing about education. Now it's a collaborative effort of the tutor and the student. Yeah, that's um, that's quite interesting. I like to see that um, this whole shift in education, I mean, um, I've I've done also my uh, you know four years of uh, art school, but it's um, like to see now how things are developing and how, as you say, like the importance of education and how some some new generations are missing out. Like obviously the Generation Z is is um, quite confused in in many many ways. Um, also, 
in terms of they are also customers uh, of, of the fashion industry so they probably have on and off from uh, one platform to another like going from Instagram to buy maybe something or see something and then jump to a website and you know see and then order something from there and go to brick and mortar you know store and then you know it's it's all connected to to one thing and um, I think it's I think it's an interesting uh, time to, especially with um, with everything that is going and happening today and uh, hopefully uh, this is um, for the better of the environment um, I have some I always end up I mean we are coming to the end of uh, the episode and I always like to end up yeah. with some <laughs> with some uh, silly questions okay go ahead <laughs> if you don't, if you are uh, willing to answer them uh, to the best of your ability please do <laughs> alright let's go what is the first thing that you do when you wake up Ooh, drink a glass of water. Hot or cold? Uh, cold, cold water. It's, it's it's a trick that I actually got from you. I always, always have a bottle of water in my bedroom from the night before. And it's your trick. And I drink a glass of water in the morning. It's the first thing that I do. Yeah, for the people that may also want to take over the trick, it's uh, when the water stays the whole night, it calms down. So when you drink it, you become calmer. Uh, makes sense. What is the worst? Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> what is the worst job that you've ever had? I didn't think of any of my jobs as worse. I, 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 I remember one thing that I thought I would never do that I did it. That was to be a postman. I brought around mail to people's houses. Um, and it was in, uh, it was in a place it's called Lelystad and uh, it was in the winter and it was windy and I was on my bike and I'm tropical so it was kind of horrible but it wasn't worse it wasn't the worst job I ever yeah if I would call something the worst job I have ever had to do that is that yeah all it right but something that 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 I like doing okay that's uh, that's nice of you <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite pair of shoes of all time my favorite pair of shoes of all time all time all timer all time okay I'm gonna tell you when I was I was born with flat feet so I my shoes were custom made and I like those shoes I wore custom made shoes until I was 13 years old and I liked them because no one else had them I was mocked for them and people were staring at my shoes but I was always thinking you don't have my shoes and people measure my feet every six months to make me <laughs> custom made shoes they were ugly but I liked them because they were made for me nice I like that <laughs> I like that a lot I mean it's, yeah. like a, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've never asked uh, any of my previous guests this question, but you are the first one, so embrace. <laughs> I listen. If you are if you are stuck on an island for a whole year, uh-huh. and you can only listen to three albums, what would they be? Ooh, I like violins, so I like classical violin music. I don't know what the name of the album is, but I have this. Oh God, Yeshka, Yeshka, Yeshka. Oh God, I don't know the name. I will send you the name after. I will have that album. I would have an album from Jill Scott for sure. I would have an album for Jill Scott. And I would have some music from Al Green. 
I don't know the album names. I grew up on a very eclectic mu music and I have a very eclectic taste, but these through these three, Violence, Jill Scott and Al Green, those three I would have with me for a whole year. I'm sure right. I wouldn't be bored to listen to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Okay, so if you have a superpower, what would that be? Yeah, reading minds. Whoa! Okay, you are the first one who said that. Like most of the most of the guests, they go for flying, uh, teleporting. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, most of them they fly and teleport. But you want to read minds? Yes, I would want to read minds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I always say I always say I live on you. You live. People always um, um, uh, uh, experience their sense, their senses, but they don't live on them. I say I live on my senses, and it would be nice for me. I wouldn't be able, not really, to read a mind to get people stuck, and I know what they think. But I would be. It would be nice to know. Uh, 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 um, it would make things easier, not to judge, but to make things easy. All right, thank you, thank you, Gary, for uh, <laughs> for uh, the answers. I will see you uh, soon, and uh, thanks again for uh, accepting my invite. You're welcome. You're always very welcome. You know that. Big hug. Cheers, man. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>